In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's gospel is perfectly suited for this last day of the Easter octave. For eight days in a row, we have been celebrating Easter Sunday each day, praying the Gloria at Mass, eating bacon on Friday. And so today's gospel picks up, if you um, picked up on the details or prepared it, today's gospel picks up with the narrative of Easter Sunday itself. And then seamlessly, after Thomas declares to the other ten apostles he's not going to believe, it picks up with, now a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. And then our Lord encounters the eleven apostles that are left. There are many details worth a great deal of reflection. I'll point out just a few for your consideration. Obviously, on Easter Sunday, our Lord breathed on the apostles, conveying to them the Holy Spirit and the authority to forgive sins or to retain sins. And so the the sacrament of confession is ordained to be received by us through the church, through a sacred minister. So beautifully is it um, brought about that priests don't absolve themselves. We also need a sacred minister to hear our confessions and to absolve us of our sins. He shows his wounds. Not only to Thomas, a week after Easter, but on Easter Sunday itself, in this exchange with the ten apostles who were there, saying, peace be with you, and breathing on them, he showed them his hands. He showed them the price that was paid for us to be able to be forgiven of our sins. And lastly, consider a detail that would easily escape attention. That Thomas refused to believe the other apostles. He refused to believe those who had seen Jesus. They had seen the risen one. And as we know well from having read all of the Gospels... The apostles were experts at argument, fighting with each other, debating with each other. And what was that week like? We don't know, between Easter Sunday and a week later. But what is remarkable regardless is that Thomas, who was intransigent, is still in their company. Not just at the end of Easter Sunday, not just the next day after he had a chance to sleep on it, but even a week later. And it's hard to know what's more remarkable, 
that the, that the ten apostles were perfectly willing to have Thomas with them even though he refused to believe them. Or that Thomas wanted to be in their company even though he did not trust them. At least on that very, very important fact. Today, the Holy Father promulgated a papal bull, 28 pages in length. You can read it online. I encourage you to do so. Declaring a year of mercy. The year of mercy will begin on December 8th, the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. And it will continue until the Feast of Christ the King the next year. Dedicated to mercy. And for that reason, he promulgated the papal bull today the second Sunday of Easter, this Sunday so rightly attributed or uh, associated with divine mercy by Pope St. John Paul II. Along with the usual features of a holy year, the opening of the holy door, not only in St. Peter's Basilica, but in other patriarchal basilicas in Rome, and also in cathedrals throughout the world, along with the various indulgences that are offered to the faithful for the sake of encouraging us to grow deeper in our life of faith. He focuses on the theme of mercy as something through which we can understand the whole Christian mystery. Pointing out the face of Jesus as the image of the mercy of God and imploring us to be merciful like the Father. What does it mean to be merciful? More than likely, you're familiar with distinctions that identify justice as getting what you deserve, mercy as not getting the punishment you deserve, and charity getting more than you deserve. But there are a lot of ways in which someone might be spared the punishment they deserve. We can easily imagine A situation where the person who is guilty has already been so so thoroughly disappointing that whoever it is, be it their parents or their, their boss or whomever, just says, just get away from me. I, I'm, it's not even worth punishing you. Just, just go. We can also imagine not receiving the punishment we deserve when someone might say, oh, you know what, it doesn't even really matter. That's not a big deal. So just don't, don't be troubled by that at all. These extremes of mercy really correspond to different uh, deviations from Christianity. Christianity. 
whether it be one that sees God merely as judge, who is, who is all merciful simply because he doesn't crush us like the bugs we are, or the other deformed version of Christianity that says there's no, real, there's no such thing as sin and there's really no such thing as damnation anyway. That is not the mercy that we see on display on Easter Sunday and the week later. We see Christ showing the price of our forgiveness. And we hear Christ conveying that that gift of mercy to be received through others. Mercy isn't a way of getting rid of people who just don't measure up anymore. Mercy binds us together. This is the mercy that comes from Jesus Christ who suffers because of us. He suffered because of our sins. We made him cry. He wept over the sins of Jerusalem. This is Christ who suffered with us, who in in sympathy with us cried, cried at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. And this is Christ who suffered for us so that we wouldn't have to endure everything. This is, the, this is the Savior who says, go and sin no more. I don't condemn you. This is Christ who liberates us, who allows us to participate in his victory over sin and death and evil. How different it is then when we are caught guilty in something, small or big, and the person who is... Uh, to whom we have been entrusted, is suffering because of us and is suffering with us and and is willing to suffer so that we can be rescued from this. That's mercy. That's then the mercy that we are supposed to understand better so that we can convey this to other people. To be willing then to suffer because of other people. Simply to to just to be, first of all, to be sad that they did something bad. Not vindicated, not gloating, not proud, but sad because they did something that they shouldn't have done. And to be willing to suffer with them, to be willing to be inconvenienced by it. Maybe it's the simple inconvenience of, of... of suffering another minute in traffic or suffering having to um, pick up the phone again and help somebody out. And then moreover, the willingness to suffer further and to help them out of it. Heard a beautiful story Yesterday, I was out of town for a funeral for uh, the for a dear friend, and one of the 
good souls that I met after the funeral told me this amazing story about her brother, exchanging stories about prayer intentions. Her brother had been away from the faith for over 30 years. And there were some particularly low points over the course of those 30 plus years. And one was last year. Um, Her brother's 17 year relationship with a man had uh, broken, leaving this man already estranged from his family in many ways and, and from the church, that would all the more devastated. So he still had a good relationship with this sister, wanted to visit, and she warned him, it's the week you want to visit is Holy Week, we're going to be going to church every day, and he said, that's okay, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And he happened to be with them on, on one of those days that they went to church, and she saw the typical scene of Holy Week, lots of confessors, lots of long lines. But there was one, one older priest whose line wasn't, wasn't that long, and, and she said in, in, a, in what I can easily imagine was the perfect tone of voice and the perfect um, gentleness. By the way, if you're interested in going to confession, this priest is really good. So she went off and either went to her own confession line or I'm not sure what she did, but a year ago, Holy Week, her brother came back to the faith. He tells the story of having gone into that confessional and uh, acknowledging it had been a long time since his last confession. And the priest just said, that's okay. Just talk to me as though you're talking to Jesus. And so ever since then, when he goes, um, when he goes to confession and he gets in the scary room and the scary door closes behind him, he just says, is it you, Jesus? And the priest says, yes, it is. to extend mercy to others, to have been willing to suffer their company, as troubling as it can be at times, to suffer the waiting, to suffer so many prayers offered for them. Our Lord, in dealing with the apostles and dealing with Thomas, shows us it's all worth it. So we beg the Lord to open our eyes to how merciful he has been with us all along to make us grateful and then to make us eager and gentle ambassadors of that same mercy to others because he not only desires the salvation of everyone, he gives everyone the necessary grace to be able to be saved, every single human being. We can make a long list of people who don't seem to be taking advantage of that grace. 
which means a long list of people for whom we need to be willing to suffer because of them, with them, and for them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.